0: Have you missed us? Have you? Because fuck, man, I've really missed you. Uh, welcome back to a brand new episode of Terribly Funny. <sighs> I, of course, am your host and your buddy, Steve Bazalone and this is the podcast where I talk to funny people about terrible shit that's happened to them. Uh, man, it's good to be back, right? I hope you guys uh, missed me as much as I missed you. Um, we took a little break there. I did some traveling. I got a bunch of other work shit done. But here we are, brand new episodes. And the next month and two months, we've got a lot of fun episodes in the hopper that I think you're, uh, you're really going to like. They're cathartic, and they have that emotional ooey-gooey kind of fun stuff. You're going to love it. Um, and we're going to start back with a brand new episode today with a very good friend of mine, Erin Gibson. What can I tell you about Erin? Well, uh, she's a fantastic, well, person first and foremost, but she's also a great writer, a director, improviser, um, a comedian. Uh, you may have seen her, uh, her show on Funny or Die, Gay of Thrones. It's delightful, uh, but you probably know her most from... Um, her, what started off as a podcast and recently turned into a show called Throwing Shade. She was a co-host. She uh, created it. Uh, she's, it's great. If you've not seen it, check it out. Uh, she's a delight. She's very talented and is always, uh, you know, uh, shining lights and interesting things. Um we're gonna to get to that in just a second uh we're gonna to get to her talking about uh you know what it's like to get a double mastectomy Ooh, fun stuff right also just young disease and mortality and romance and all sorts of weird stuff divorce it's a good time we cover a broad swath of things we're gonna to get to that in just a second but before we do let me hawk my goods hey guys do you like this podcast did you miss us because if you do Go to our iTunes page, subscribe, tell your other friends to subscribe. Also, write us a review, give us a comment, give us a rating. Those things are great. Do that. Uh, You can also check us out on the various social media platforms. We're on Twitter. It's terribly underscore funny. Uh, You can also check us out on Instagram. It's terribly, terribly funny podcast. Go there, and you can see, uh, you know, delightful photos of all of our guests and me, and sometimes pictures of my dog. It's a great time. Uh, also, if you just want to have, uh, you want to drop me a line and say, "Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? I missed you." Uh, you can do so at terriblyfunnypodcast at gmail. I would genuinely love to hear from you. Um, that's it. I'm done. See, that wasn't so hard. It was. It was pretty painless. And now we're gonna get to, you know, back to what you came here for—to hear, you know, smarter, uh, funnier, more insightful people talk about things that have happened to them. And let's kick it off. With Aaron Gibson. Theme music, please. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's
1: why he doesn't want to go to therapy.
0: No. He's I, a victim somebody, of the... Somebody's going to... He's been lobotomized. 60s so crackpot. hmm Um, tell me some bad stuff, I guess.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I guess I was going to talk about... Did you know I had a double mastectomy? I That I'm one did. of the few. I'm one of the two friends that you know that has had one.
0: Uh, I yeah, I guess so. I I, I, I did know that just because uh, because of my old writing partner Annie. I think she she like clued me into that because I think maybe she was helped. Did she? She that that was like what a couple years ago. That was two 2000- thousand. Nine, two thousand nine. So I was still working. We we were working together. together. It's like two thousand five or something. 2006. Yeah, six. So well,
1: yeah. be, Well, I was because I was trying to think. Like I think I've been pretty lucky. I haven't had like too much like family tragedy in mm-hmm. my life, but that was that was like the hardest year of my life. I'm sure it was a very hard year, and it wasn't just like well, because it started. I did not have cancer. Mm-hmm. It was preventative.
0: You had the test?
1: BRCA2 gene. Well, right. my mom got tested because she had breast cancer. And basically, breast cancer is like our family crest on my mom's side. Well, that's it's like the fun. thing we do.
0: That's cool. Well, that's a, yeah. that's a sexy crest, though.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just
0: like a red boob.
1: You're just like, yeah, yeah riddled and rotten inside. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's cool. Yeah, classic. That's cool.
1: Classic crest.
0: Yeah. And then like a falcon somewhere in the distance.
1: <laughs> a falcon? Mm-hmm. It's a falcon. Um... Uh, old oak tree and yep. then breast cancer.
0: Great. Yeah, that's a good family.
1: So we, so she, my mom had breast cancer. My, I had two. My grandma died of breast cancer. I had two aunts die of breast cancer oh, on boy. my mom's side. And then my mom got something called stage zero, where it's like precancerous cells. And my mom was just like totally like take them off. Give me, yep. give me a, She got a double mastectomy and an oophorectomy, which is, uh, which is basically like. You get all your reproductive organs ripped on out. Oh boy! She got it all done at the same time.
0: Is that? I mean, you have to include me in because the BRCA two gene mm-hmm.
1: is an indicator of breast cancer and ovarian cancer okay. and colon cancer. Actually. Oh shit! So my grand, on my dad's side of the family, there's a lot of colon cancer. Really. And so when I got tested, so my mom was like, she got tested, got all all of her organs taken out. And that's
0: a brutal thing. It was. She, she didn't touch her colon though, right? No. Yeah, because that's but, a tough one.
1: That, I can't I can speak to that one I can't Neither imagine that. but <clears throat> she was no she was laid up for a long time Yeah. because the, the thing is when you get people don't know this but when you get your breast tissue removed mm-hmm. it's trauma to your pecs it's a lot and of you actually need your pecs to sit up.
0: Yeah, because it's all attached to your core. Yeah.
1: yeah, so you can't sit up in bed after you have a mis- double mastectomy. So she not only because she could, she couldn't sit up because of her chest, and then she also had like trauma to her abdomen. Oh boy! So she was just like comatose in a fucking bed for three, four weeks, couldn't walk or anything. Uh, it was bananas. Also, like hardcore caveman shit to do that. Yeah. Didn't like she could have had two different surgeries. She's like, I want it all over.
0: Uh, well, I get that though because. Look I'm going to go in for something that's going to be hard Let's make it Let's just get it all at once Why do two hard things
1: Yeah I guess No I get that I, I get, get it. the a
0: logic I don't know if it would be the choice I'd make But I, I think I probably would Because I'd just be like Fuck it let's just do it all at once Like rip that bandaid off real fast Yeah I don't know No you're right I do also know the, uh, I knew the core thing because my uh, ex-mother-in-law, she had a double mastectomy. Oh, she did. And there's been times where she's been like on the ground, I, I was over at her house and like wrapping presents or something, and she was like on the ground like a turtle, like laughing at herself because she couldn't get up. But it was, you know, part of that, like she just didn't have the... Wait, and this was,
1: too. how long after the surgery?
0: Um, a while.
1: Really? I mean, she, yeah,
0: I mean, it, it's a, a litany of, of different things. Problems, but, um, Yeah. But, uh, but you know, a delightful woman that she was always able to laugh at herself but not able to...
1: God, better woman than I... Uh, because, well, okay, I'll back up. So, anyway, my mom got the BRCA2 test. Then she was, like, wanted my sister and I to get it done. And I just was putting it off because I was like, I don't care. I don't want to know. If it happens, it happens. Like, I don't want to live in fear. Right. Meanwhile, my sister got it done. She was negative. She tested oh, wow. negative. And then her, the guy who did her testing... She said, she told him that I wasn't getting it done, and he said to her, if your sister told you she was going to walk into a fire, would you let her do it? Oh, boy. And she said no, and he goes, well, you need to make her get this testing, and that scared the fuck out of me, Cause it, but I was also, like, cool fear-mongering, dude. Yeah. So I got it done at Cedars, tested positive, and then I was like, okay, I got to take care of this. And
0: this was, like, eight or nine years ago? Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're I was
1: 27.
0: Oh shit! That's a. I think it's a very difficult thing to deal with any level of mortality when you're still. You should be in the sweet spot of like I'm invincible, and For I'm still sure. figuring shit out.
1: Well, I wonder if it didn't. Um, I wonder if it didn't make it easier that it wasn't actually cancer. It right. was like a. It basically it predicted a 70 percent lifetime chance of cancer, which meant what? that. My percentages would go up every year.
0: Right.
1: So essentially by the time I'm like 80, it's like guaranteed that I would have it. And I was just like, well, if I have it when I'm 80, that surgery is going to be super hard. Mm -hmm. I could probably recover from it really fast. I can get bigger boobs.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I I was just being very pragmatic about it. Um, Because it didn't feel like a death sentence No,
0: not at all But it's not a death sentence at all And it's also being proactive Which makes you feel like you have control As opposed to playing defense Which is just like Okay, what can I do to try to keep my life going?
1: My whole family My mother is such My mother is all about avoiding uh, Danger, problems And not in a way like she's passive aggressive But she's just like I see danger, here's how we're going to avoid it Right and she's super, I mean, I think hers is fear based but she's also like, this is how she lives her life. So when I got the diagnosis, I wasn't, I had the skills already to be like, okay, here's the problem. I see it coming. I'm cutting it off of the path. I'm not going to spend my 30s getting lumpectomies and all that shit. Because that, that's, what, that's what you end up doing is when you have this gene and you have something that I have, which is dense breasts, which means that. So there's You're,
0: two different set, two different types of breasts. Is that right?
1: I guess you have you can have like, I all I know is that dense breasts are very fibrous, mm-hmm. and you can have a lot of false, um, <clears throat> false uh, mammograms. Right. And you can have a lot, you have a lot of lumpectomies because you have fibrous breasts, and they're like, oh, we, this might be cancer, but then it's just a lump of fabric. Or fa- these are always painful
0: and oh, a whole terrible. process.
1: It's awful, and yeah. then your breasts are all like. You know, Frankenstein.
0: Like an apple that somebody's taking one bite out of, and then they'll yeah. take another bite out of later. And,
1: and it's all like, brown. yeah, exactly. You know. That's the best analogy.
0: I think ever made.
1: Ever made. Ever made. <laughs> um, so it really was okay, so, by, but that whole process, wasn't like traumatic. It was right. just like, okay, let's get this done. This is the business behind this. But then, because it was so pragmatic, I don't think I really thought about what the surgery was going to be like, or the rehab time. Right. Oh, and not to mention the fact, like, I went to so many doctors. I got second opinions on well, second that's good. opinions. That's great. But then you have these doctors who are like, don't get this done. done." doesn't make sense. My gynecologist said, don't do this. You won't be able to breastfeed. And I was like, well, it doesn't really help me if I'm going to have cancer. It doesn't, yeah. like, you're putting the emphasis on the wrong thing, do Yeah, you? man.
0: What if, I mean, what if, like, in three years I have cancer? Then we're at the same place, but then I have cancer.
1: That's where I was like. Okay, you care more about the boobs and the baby that I don't even fucking have.
0: Yeah,
1: um, that was weird that he gave me that advice, and then I saw.
0: Um, it's also, interesting roller. that it came from a man. Like, wait, well, you gotta fucking feed that baby, bro.
1: This gynecologist. Did
0: side, you, you, side, you still see this guy?
1: No. Okay. But I did for too long, and my friend yeah. Rachel was like, "Can you please find another dude?" He here's the, here's the two hits from him. Number one, a guy who used to run a show that I won't mention just in case you can. Sure. Someone will track this back. But yes. anyway, a guy I used to work with, his he w- was golfing with my old doctor, mm-hmm. randomly like they got paired up at whatever golf course in rich, rich part of town. Yeah. and he was joking about someone's like miscarriage, and the doc. I don't think. This- oh no. Yeah, and the doctor didn't know that my ex co worker's wife goes to him. And so he was like, oh, what a weird thing. Like, he was just being too crass. Not, like, I don't think he was like, well, yeah, then this baby died. I think it was more like the way someone was handling it or some shit. Like, it was just something very cold. So anyway, I It just
0: feels like that's, it doesn't matter if you don't know somebody, if there's any sort of personal connection. It just feels like, that's not a thing. This is your job. And I guess, like, it's. Yeah.
1: Oh, I guess you're, because you're around a bunch of bros, you think it's okay?
0: I don't know. uh, Then. Weird man.
1: He knew I was a comedian. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. He, I asked for an IUD. I had it put in. It, he, he did this thing where he punched the top of my uterus, which is like the most painful thing. Yeah. I almost threw up. It was uh-huh. so painful and I blacked out and he was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. But then, okay. Anyway, so I had it in for three months and it, I couldn't sit down
0: it, because uh, I it felt it. It a ton, man. I mean, I've not had, no, but, but you've you've heard, you I, heard I, stories. I've had the experience of my ex getting it, and she was like on this couch for two days.
1: That's fucked up. Yeah. And that's exactly the share it removed.
0: Uh, I, I, invariably, but it was, I mean, it was just like the first day it was just like, oh, I can't do anything. I'm just oh, sitting no. here. And
1: they don't fucking tell you that.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, a month later I went in and I go, you take this out right now. There's mm-hmm. a problem. And he was like, I don't understand. And I go, take it out. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was, I was fed up. I was yeah. like, I can't fucking walk. I can't fucking sit down. I have to It's live my not life, getting bro. better. He was like, I don't understand it. And I was like, I don't care if you don't understand. Take the fucking thing out. I was yeah. like, very terse with them. So anyway, I get in the stirrups. He fucking pulls it out with these huge tongs or whatever they call them.
0: Yeah, they're tongs. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And like a puppet, through my legs, he goes. I'm out. Oh, I'm no. out. Holding the IUD that's like all fucking covered in like uterine juices and like bloody stuff. What? And I was like, what is happening? So no, anyway,
0: man. that guy continued
1: guy's. to see that guy for a year, and then I stopped Hit, hit
0: the bricks, that guy.
1: Um... Anyway, so he told me not to get a mastectomy because I wouldn't be able to feed my baby. So I did that I didn't have. And I was like, cool story. Sure. So I get it done, and I wake up from the surgery, and it's just like the most painful mm-hmm. thing. I can't sit up. The painkillers they had me on gave me...
0: Did you have the pump at first?
1: Oh, no. They didn't give me that. They
0: didn't give you the pump?
1: No, that morphine pump?
0: What the fuck? No. That's a major surgery.
1: No. Get that pump. Did not. And... They were giving me morphine, but I think it was on a time thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I had to ask for more. Yeah. And they tried. Okay. So the second day the nurse tried to get me to sit up, they pulled me up with my arms, which was the most pain. This is the thing people don't tell you about hospitals. And which is why my mom is like, are, is so scary when she talks about having someone who's, who's on your side in the hospital. For sure. They don't fucking communicate. Mm-hmm. They don't know. Sometimes they don't read your chart. I'm not saying everyone's malicious. I'm just saying no. that they're the, the resident who came in was such a fucking cunt. Mm-hmm. She would wake me up at like six o'clock. Yeah. After I would just fallen asleep and she'd be like, I have to shake your, vi-. she'd be like poking me. I have to shake your vitals. Oh, yeah. It's
0: the least restful place there is.
1: It was awful. And like the second day I was like, bitch, I'm not dead. Mm hmm if you don't fucking let me sleep in the morning, I'm going to come for you.
0: Mm-hmm. She's like, was, no, you're not. because you can't move. No, <laughs> I know. she
1: was just like, and by the way, it didn't affect her because I'm sure people yell at her all day.
0: Yeah. Well, it is interesting because, I mean, it is like such a hospital. It's like such a big business and such a machine. There's so much. It's, it's awful. So much red tape. So there is like a lot of miscommunication. So you have yeah. to be like a constant advocate for yourself. Like, are you doing the right thing? Are you doing the right thing? I heard this. I heard, and it's like, you feel like a broken record and you feel like a little condescending, but... It's just like you have to make sure because there's so many moving pieces.
1: Oh, I when my mom was in the hospital, I spent the night with her, and I remember thinking, okay, they have to change her. Um, colo- it wasn't a colostomy bag, it was mm-hmm. a. Um, she had a. What do they call it when they put a tube in your. you a
0: catheter. A catheter, yeah. Yeah, those are not fun. No. Yeah.
1: Pulling that thing out. No. Never again.
0: Dude, I got. Imagine putting <clears throat> a little tiny pee hole. <clears throat> No. not great I remember they pulled that's, a, out.
1: that's a harder one is because it's got a longer voyage
0: it's got a longer voyage and also it's a smaller ah! Uh, ah! it's I, I had to have it in three separate times I had three separate operations yeah, yeah. and at one time I don't know there must have just been like a little ridge and it scraped the I'm inside oh up. it was gro- it was terrible I'm it was ended up 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 being fine right great both of them I love it but for like this is very personal but that's the whole thing of this podcast so uh for, like, a month after I got out of the hospital, like, any time I got a boner, it hurt so
1: Oh, my much. God. It was,
0: like, it was fine when it was normal, but when it was, like, when it was stretching, like, it, it there was, like, a scratch and it hadn't healed. So like, like, it was basically, uh,
1: like, reopening every time. Yeah, so,
0: oh for my like, God. A, for a month, it was, like, nope, no boners. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, oh, already, you know, recovering from an operation, so it was fine. Yeah. But it was, like, fuck, man. A couple times, I was, like, well, I got some time to myself, and I feel like a human again. I'm going to jerk. Oh, no.
1: That is so sad.
0: It was, yeah. I thought I was like, is this forever? And then it was like David after dentist, but then like a month later (laughs) it was fine.
1: I, oh my God. That's so sad.
0: Yeah. Catherine's not great.
1: When I, speaking of sex stuff, when you've had surgery, I was married at the time and my husband was like, he was like, what are we going to do about sex? And I was like, do you think I
0: care at all about this? Let's talk about it in like a few months.
1: Oh, then I was like, I was like, you can fuck my feet. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, really, yeah. that was the compromise Great While compromise. I was recovering Yeah I wonder if you would like That I told that story You know what It's fine Yeah everybody's it's got stuff It's a funny story
0: Dave Chappelle talked about it In his special
1: About how he fucked his wife's feet When she was recovering from surgery
0: No not surgery But he's like I fucked feet man I got weird stuff Everybody's got weird stuff It's fine Yeah Yeah
1: Yeah, yeah it is fine That's what, that's what um, Hey
0: what fluid man Dan,
1: Dan Savage says Yeah Go find a person Who likes your weird stuff Yeah Um, All this to say, the hospital is an awful place. You should always have someone in there with you. And you should ask questions about what happens after. Because that's what nobody told me. And I, weirdly, told I was telling my general practitioner, who I've been seeing for a long time, and now he, when he has a patient who's going through this surgery... He, he just calls me and he's like can I give him your number because I yeah. know you'll talk to them and I, I tell them everything I don't lie I'm no just like man. and I'm like don't by the way it. this is my experience mm-hmm. yours might be different prepare for this get a triangle pillow you yeah. won't be able to sit up the morphine might give you the morphine was giving me tension headaches Oof. where I would sit up it wasn't even tension headaches it was like I would sit up and my my head would start pounding oh, no. from the blood flowing so fast from my head like I had to lay yeah. down so much in the hospital and I would just get nauseous and it was awful. And then you, so you, then you get, you get, you get home and you're like, I can't move. I can't use my arms. I can't sleep on my side. You don't sleep. You turn into a crazy person yeah. and you're like, why did I do this? Why did I do this?
0: Yeah. It's an interesting thing. Yours is even, uh, even, uh, more elective. I guess I'd say yeah. mine was like, also it was elective. I mean, I was sick. So, but it was, like, nobody said, like, you have to take this out. It was just, like, I finally made the decision. Right. But it was, there was moments where like, why the fuck did I do this? But then, you know.
1: But then you're, you, then you're 100% better. And, and you're like, then yeah. you get your
0: life back. But, yeah.
1: But that takes so long. And it's so hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel because you're just, like, you're just miserable. And I yeah. was so depressed. I was so depressed because I couldn't see anybody. I remember one day, I, I was living in those fields, and I walked from... Bar the house we were renting to skylight books it was like the first day i could walk yeah so i walked over to skylight books and i got so nauseous from just like being outside and being in the sun and i was so overheated and i also got i have really low blood pressure which i didn't know so having the surgery made it even worse so i would Oof. pass out
0: well that's fun yeah that's cool and
1: not not be like not know it i would just pass out yeah so I had to be super careful about getting up out of chairs and like you just you just discover all the stuff that you're like oh I can't I can't even stand up without help
0: yeah
1: it's so debilitating and when you're in your 20s and you think you're like you're okay and you're not sick and that's what it feels weird about it, is you're like I did this to myself yeah. you start doing that thing which is not not cool to do and then. There's again, like you have to get you go in to get your implants. Mm-hmm. So you, for a month. So it's a
0: two-step process for you too. Yeah. Oh boy.
1: For a month, you're living with these drainage tubes. Yeah. And these fake balloons under your mu- muscle, and uh-huh. then you go in every two weeks, and they put saline in it and to stretch out the muscle uh-huh. so they can put implants so in. So
0: every time you're like, okay, I've I made headway, I can deal with this, and then every two weeks it's you're like, like getting, making it worse your again. Your place is
1: tightened. Yeah. Oof. And that was two or three months of that. And it felt weird. I couldn't, couldn't like, for a long time I would just cry when I slept because yeah. I could feel the implants and I just felt fake.
0: Mm-hmm. It's it, like, I have a weird thing in my body. Yeah. I, have like a, I have an alien being in my body.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I can't sleep on my stomach yeah. because it feels like I'm sleeping on two rocks. And so you just and, and, there's, and there's nobody there saying, like, oh, you know what? This, you're, your body's going to get used to this,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that you're not even going to think about it after a while. It, you're just going to get used to this as your new normal, but you don't, you're like...
0: It's hard to believe that, because it's like, this feels so crazy. How am I ever going to get used to this? You
1: feel like a crazy person. Yeah. And then also, like, when you're in your 20s, I've said that 17,000 times now, but when you're younger, and you have all your friends haven't really gone through anything,
0: Yeah.
1: you don't have anybody to talk to.
0: Nobody You and, have to and, talk to
1: like fifty year olds because they've no been through shit.
0: There's no context <laughs> at all. And then because there's no context, people like try to I mean, you know, empathetic people, you know, your friends tend to be, but it's just like I can't But not
1: in the comedy world. Because I, well, with ladies I think it's a little easier because sure. they of course have at least been through at the very least you know you can they've been through pain once a month. Sure. Right? Yes. So some you at level least have of that. something. But nobody wants to talk about it and nobody wants to hear you talk about it. Well, that's what's weird about it because nobody's been through it and they don't know how to talk to you.
0: Well, I think that's the thing is getting older is you just, you develop more of a lexicon of like how to approach something that is maybe uncomfortable or awkward. Yeah. Because like when you're younger, like your whole life is like, I don't have to deal with uncomfortable stuff because everything's pretty outside of being like, I have a shitty job and I'm a little bit broke. Um but everything's kind of easy up until that point. So it's like the older you get, the more you deal with things that are uncomfortable and like you, and you get better at doing that. Yeah, You learn how to come out it just like head on like, Oh, this is not a thing that's an anomaly. This is like more, and more and more like the norm. Yeah. And if you treat it like the norm, it's becomes lessened.
1: Cause I remember we, I thought it'd be funny if I had a part, going away party for my boobs. And so yeah. like and Annie was there and like a bunch of people came and, and I took a picture. It was at the cha cha lab Oh, sure.
0: That's a 20s place. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And they have a photo booth there. So I went in the photo booth and I took a picture of, like, my boobs. I was, yeah. like, not, like, totally nude, but I was, like, in my I block. get it,
0: man. Yeah. I would. You, sure.
1: But that felt, after I had the surgery, I was, like, it felt so, like, not taking its, like, I, I felt the weight of the surgery. Because I had been, like, joking around. I was, like, not a big deal. I'm going to get a bigger tits. It's going to be yeah. great. And then it all kind of hit me like a ton of bricks when i got the surgery done anyway that really wasn't even the hard part was the surgery i a couple of, we'll see that was 2009 and then in 2011 maybe it was 12 i think it was 2000 late 2011 no no it was before that i don't remember i don't know it was, it was. some
0: it was sometime after 2009. sometimes after that yeah
1: um i Decided that I wanted to get divorced. Mm -hmm. And that was super difficult. We're still friends. Right. Then I had to start dating. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to handle the fact that I have had this surgery. And by the way, when you have a double, I'll just go ahead and graphically describe what the deal is. So when you have breast implants and you have tissue and you're like, you're adding to your what you already got. Yeah. You can see, like you know, like you've seen celebrities that clearly they were small breasted, and then they got implants, and you can kind of see the implants, but they kind of they look still like boobs, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. I don't have any tissue, so my boobs look super fake, right? And it's like muscle implant, right? That's it, and yeah. there and I have huge scars underneath yeah. from where they put in all the stuff, and I also have scars under my arm from the drainage. Drainage, and they also preventively took out lymph nodes yeah. because the breast cancer can tra- can travel in there and you don't want cancer in your lymph no, nodes because no, no, it travels harder, through your whole yeah. body. Yeah. And you can't, it's like a tough cancer to beat.
0: It's the cancer highway.
1: Oh, it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So I have these like Frankenstein boobs. That are decorative. Yeah. Not functional. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know how to deal with this when I want to, if I'm going to sleep with somebody. And it was really hard to have that time. It's not that this is like the downside, but it's not like I could just go out and fuck anybody I wanted to after my marriage and like get that part, that depression part out of the way.
0: Yeah.
1: I didn't feel comfortable doing that.
0: What did you feel? I know I, when I was after. I
1: love that the whole part was like. The surgery wasn't the worst part. It was fucking people.
0: No, but, but like, yeah, because, well, A, like, for you, it was, like, a lot of things. It was, like, uh, going through this loss mm-hmm. on kind of both planes. Yeah. Because like, you probably hadn't really dealt with the loss because you were in, like, a stable thing. Yeah. But then you removed that level of stability in the relationship, and then it just, like, everything kind of catches up with you. You're mourning a bunch of things at once. But I remember when I was first single, I had, like, these fears of, like, am I... I think I'm like, I felt like a broken person. Yeah. I felt like I was broken and it was going to be really hard for me to date because, uh, because I have these scars and Mm -hmm. also because I don't have a colon. So I like, I shit a bunch Yeah. I I go like way more than the average person, which is like nobody even notices. But to me at that time, it became this like huge thing because I had this stability that somebody fully understood what I was going through and what I was. And then you take that away and it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm a half, half person. It was was scary.
1: I mean, you understand how weirdly bonds you to that person because you're like, you know all of this stuff and it's just easier to talk to you about it because I don't want to fucking talk to somebody I've been on three dates with Mm -hmm. about the fact that I have fake boobs and when you touch them, they feel really fake. Yeah. And I have no feeling. I can't feel anything. Yeah. I sort of feel stuff. I don't know. Do you have weird like
0: Um, nerve stuff? Yeah, a little bit like all around the scar. Yeah, I can't feel much around around the scar specifically, and there's just like a couple like uh, aesthetic things, like my like a weird kind of ledge on my belly, and they fucked up my belly button a little bit, just like weird like things yeah. that just bum me. Nobody else fucking knows nobody, that. Yeah. But like before, when I when I was just becoming single, I, they felt like this enormous mountain, and I quickly realized like pr- nobody gives a fuck.
1: Also, like oh god, I'm gonna hate myself to ever I say this, but the, there's an added pressure because we live in a Town that is so superficial sure. and so fucking judgmental, and like you don't know what you're getting into with a stranger because, like, look, I, I, I've i been on dates with people where they've said stuff, and I was like, "This has to end because I don't trust that I can tell this person this personal thing, and right. they won't be mean about it." Right. And that's where, and that, and that's, that's uh,
0: well, that's also like a litmus test of like, you don't want to be around this person. Anyway. Agreed. Somebody I mean, who's gonna do me mean a favor about something that's just like a very normal be very sensitive and vulnerable and like just
1: like telling me weird stories about like just stuff that they don't they don't they think it's just like oh i'm just being to me it's still shitty to talk about somebody and like a scar or something they have but in my mind i'm like oh you're a fucking asshole yeah. like do you think anybody's gonna share anything with you when you're judging this other person for this thing that they went through also like, like
0: just like your, where's your level of compassion and also what have zero. you been through are you interesting at all no. That, like, you think, like, a scar is a big fucking thing?
1: Oh, I mean, just, like, terrible. How bad are you? <sighs> just awful people. Anyway, but so you so you go through this thing where you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess it's going to take me a long time to get in a relationship again because it's going to take me a long time to trust somebody yeah. <clears throat> in order to even tell them the thing. And what if they fucking are a cool person and they're just like, I can't handle the fact, I love tits and I'm a tit guy and I can't ever live my life never having touched yeah. touching boobs that my boobs don't move like yeah. i don't need to wear a bra like they're kind of like you lucky bitch. <laughs> i mean in a way they're like perfect in that mm-hmm. they're just like barbie boobs yeah you know but they don't move and they don't jiggle and like i don't need any i don't need to ever wear a bra i do because if you're, i bend over you can see just sure. a boob and it's i've practical. Done yeah. yeah and i'm not giving everyone a free show yeah but it's not something where you're like Like I told my, my, my boy, well, my fiance, my fiance, my new husband, number two, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: when I first, we first started dating, I was like, you know, you should just know my boobs aren't real. I had this thing. I I made it super casual. Like I didn't want to make a big deal out of it. And I remember at first it, like, took him a while to get used to it because, like, he, I mean, not to be graphic, but, like, most guys, when they touch boobs, they grab from underneath and mm-hmm. they like to push them together. I don't know why that is. Sure. It's just a squishy, fun thing mm-hmm. that gives you a boner. Yeah, I guess
0: so. I don't I mean, know. Look, it's all it's all in purpose of giving a boner. That's the whole That's thing. That's all it is. That's all it is. Well, Let's you, see, what can we do. Uh, we're ready.
1: Can I move these around for mm-hmm. a little bit till yeah. I get...
0: Also, it's like, oh, a fun toy. Yeah. I don't have these. How exciting. <laughs> this is fun. Yeah.
1: Um... It just took him a while to like get used to the fact that like, you can't you can't squeeze my boobs. Yeah. And also it does nothing for me. Right. I can't. But that's also... also sometimes it kind of hurts. Right. Because I don't have full nerve endings yeah. and they grow back every year. Oh boy. And I'll feel in my chest, I'll get like small pains.
0: Mhm.
1: I'll feel the synapses kind of like growing Getting together.
0: They closer together. It's crazy. Well, but I also think like I have because i had a period of three years or two and a half years where i just dated a bunch Mm -hmm. because i was a hadn't done that before Mm -hmm. really as an adult and b was you know a little bit masking other feelings and also a part of it was exciting yeah um but like there's a lot of women who uh they have sensation but it still doesn't do anything for them.
1: Like, oh, you mean that, who like, haven't had surgery?
0: Who haven't had surgery at all. Oh. But just like some women just, uh, I mean, from my experience, which is relatively limited, but, mm-hmm. you know, I had a bigger control group of that last two and a half years than I had previously in my life, where it just like was not, yeah, I got they, boobs, I like, feel but it's not erogenous. So. Right. So it's like not, I don't, I, I mean. It does,
1: it does vary with hundred percent. Yeah. But also,
0: did you find, and maybe you were getting to this, but did you find that you were building this up to be this huge thing? And then by and large, most men are really like, oh fuck. Dude, you got all the other stuff, and also your boobs look great.
1: Well, yeah, I think because I did the due diligence of like weeding out anybody early who I thought might be hurtful. Right. Because I didn't want to put myself in the situation. Also, I've just always had like a really juicy butt. Mm-hmm. Like I've always had like a nice. fucking runner's butt, yeah, and man. so nobody. And by the way, my I grew my boobs were like I had small A, mm-hmm. so if, if no one cared. they just were like I can't I want to put my hands all over this butt so I in my mind I was like well I have this other thing like I I didn't feel like I had totally like taken away all the tactile things that I had to offer
0: well I I've said this before I don't know if I've said it here or not but like in the process of being single where people are like I'm gonna set you up um I would would frequently be asked like are you like a tits or an ass man and I was like Honestly, I am a face and vagina man. <laughs> yeah, like if you're cute and you have like the parts that I need to do stuff with, I don't care. I just like personality, face, and you got the you got the right parts.
1: Well, I think I mean, that I am attractive isn't that crazy? Like, I do feel like now that we're talking about it, like you. I don't know. Maybe this is just like where we the time we grew up in, but like there is a weird thing of like you're either a tits person or you're a butt person. Mm-hmm. And everybody is probably like, you know, if I think about it, I'm like, sometimes this or something, like there's so many nuances, yeah. but everyone repeats this rhetoric as yeah. if it's like some kind of rule book that we all have to well, it's follow. It's so
0: binary. I don't know. I just think like, it's, honestly, so,
1: it's also boring. It's like, ugh, I don't care. Let's talk well, about anything else.
0: Yeah, it is boring. It's also, it's just like so limiting in terms of like, date. like, I don't know. That was like a one thing that was exciting in the period that I did. Like I was like, oh, wow. There is, we come in all shapes and sizes, and people respond to everything so much differently, and yeah. it's always exciting. It's a new kind of social experiment every time, like a fun, sexy social experiment.
1: But I think with the with me being so hung up on my boobs and being so protective of, like, who I was going to let see them, mm-hmm. it was based on the thing of, like, people will care, right. but maybe they wouldn't have. Yeah. You know? Maybe some of those dickheads, they were still, believe me, not people I should date, should have it, but maybe they wouldn't have cared like maybe it was I, yeah. a little bit prejudgy or whatever
0: I, I remember uh, I don't remember who the details of the story were and it doesn't matter because uh, it's not whoever it is probably wouldn't want it to be out there anyways but I remember hearing a story at some point where a woman had I think she had herpes and she was very upset about that when she got right. it. I don't remember who this was it doesn't matter but then she was like every time you know she was about to become intimate with a man she would tell them that and she was like I was amazed that nobody everybody's like yeah okay are just just like the idea of like just like we're let's just do sex.
1: but what's crazy about it is because like everybody has herpes like that's what's crazy like if you look at the stats like so many people have herpes
0: but but also but just like the people are just like by and large are like I don't Let's just, let's get to the fun stuff and just like, well, yeah, we'll be safe. We'll, whatever. Yeah. But it's just like, uh, I think the idea that like, I feel like a broken person. But
1: that's the thing. Everybody's
0: broken in their own way. But,
1: the, but especially with STDs, like.
0: Not to get in an STD conversation. No, but, but it's, this, like, but it's
1: similar thing. It's all, it's all about like, in order to have sex, I have to have nice boobs. I have to be completely yeah. free of STDs. I have to have, uh, I have to be thin. I have to be this, or I don't deserve to like ask for this thing. Mm-hmm. It's all feels like the same thing to me. Like we, I, God, what I would do, I, I have this friend who's a lesbian. She's, and she's like in her, she's like early Mm twenties and she's always like, she's like, sometimes the way you talk is so like weirdly strict or Mm -hmm. rigid. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, you know, we, I don't think of myself as a lesbian right (laughs) she's like I think of myself as like a person who's mostly attracted to women I have dated women but I I can appreciate the beauty of a guy and I was like I get I know what you're saying I don't think I I think I'm too raised in this weird 90s culture Mm -hmm. of like there are just specific ways that you are you're this 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 or this it's not like I'm unaccepting of anybody but in my mind it's like and it's the same thing it's like there's these weird rules that I just, and I think every generation gets better, but it's that feeling of like, you got to look like this. And I also think that is a lot to do with the fact that I grew up in the South and there are very specific, there's so much emphasis and weight on how you look and sure. looking perfect.
0: Well, like debutante balls. like It's, it's just, exactly that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's never great when you're putting such a premium on, on a aesthetic as opposed to below that. <laughs> Underneath that,
1: there's this book that I got, and I don't remember. I found it on some blog. It was written by an Italian princess in the '70s. Mm. It is, it's a, it's like a health and beauty like book, and it's bonkers. Really? It's just like the craziest shit you could think of, like illustrations in there about how to work out with an umbrella when you're on a vacation in London, sure. like sure. stuff that everyone can relate to. Mm-hmm. And just, like, a person who's just checked out of reality so beautiful. Yeah.
0: Honestly, I can't relate that because I don't have an umbrella, and I don't think I've owned an umbrella in, like, ten years. Well,
1: then you couldn't do this right I could I couldn't do it. And by the way, it couldn't be, like, a fucking umbrella that has the button that pops out. It has mm-hmm. to be, like, a Burberry, like...
0: No, the long, like, yes. the Avengers, not Ex- the, you know, the old 60s. You get it.
1: The classic the one. The classic A Avengers. vintage. Yes. And I... So I was like, what happened to this princess? So I Googled her. Mm-hmm. Because I bought this book and I'm, I was, I read it and I was like, I can't believe a person like this exists. Googled her. She killed herself when she was in her like seventies.
0: Yeah, she was probably like, I can't deal with. I this. can't look
1: at my face anymore. No.
0: I. That's what much that much shit does to you on being beautiful all the time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That I'll loosely bring this back to. I'm gonna connect this somehow. All right. The point being that. I think that there probably are people, and I have cousins like this who, I have a cousin who has stage three breast cancer. Mm -hmm. She will not get a mastectomy. Really? And she doesn't want to lose her breasts because breasts are a a way that women identify themselves as feminine. Yeah. And there is just no value on your health.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And if that's the trade-off, it's a trade-off you should make.
0: Well, I mean, also, look, to me, I would be like, no, get it out. Let's take the problem and let's get rid of it. But also, if that if that is, um, be it somewhat shallow or not, if that's a a, a a linchpin of how you identify yourself or makes you feel right, the, the gender that you've identified with, I get that that's important to you. Like, for... Two years before I had my colon removed, my my doctor was like, I think it's time to start thinking about getting the surgery. And I was like, Are you fucking out of your mind? Mm-hmm. Remove a major organ? Get the fuck out of here. And it was only two years later after like I was like so exhausted and feel like I tried everything that I was like, Alright, yeah, great. But it was like initially so crazy, it's like, no, that's that's important to me. And also I I saw this mental block like we were talking about therapy earlier, like, I can beat this, I can get over that and that's like weakness as opposed to like a, a reframing it and being like, Well, this is I have something wrong. I can very pragmatically try to take care of this and try to move on with my life and be healthier. Um, yeah, it's, it, it is.
1: I'm not. I'm not trying to pat ourselves on the back, but it is a really brave thing to do. To be like, I'm going to remove this part of my body because I value my health and my life, and I don't want to go through this anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean, look. It, at the time, it didn't. It wasn't brave. It was more just like exhaustion. You have and, to do it. Yeah, I just felt like I, I needed to. I'd just gotten engaged, and I was like, I don't want to live this way anymore. And I also felt like I had exhausted every option. Yeah. Like, I, I, like a lot of times people would ask me, like, did you wish you had gotten it done earlier? And I, yeah, in theory, but not really, because I feel like if I had done it earlier, I would have always wondered, like, what if I had tried this other thing? What if I? Tried? And I got to the point where I was like, I, I feel like I've tried everything, mm-hmm. and nothing's working. This is like, this is, it's you now marriage time. Let's, let's do this, as opposed to... Um, what you did which I think is like like fuck it I see a problem I'm taking care of it
1: well yeah I will but I was very very afraid of getting cancer
0: yeah that's very real and I
1: was pretty sure I was going to get it oh, <laughs> I
0: yeah, mean the stats chance. were
1: in my family and there's yeah. some, and just seeing having people die in your family by the way I know earlier I said I'm really lucky having anyone die in my family I actually have it's just, just about a bunch of people <laughs> yeah. yeah but um, I just mean like I haven't had like a parent or right. like nobody like I was like so close with. Yeah. Um, I know I'm... Why am I weirdly, like, defending my decision to not say that anyone close to me has it? I'm not close to my mom's family.
0: Yeah, that's fine.
1: So, every, you know what? It's on your family. If my close, dad though. grandma wants to come for me... No. Yeah. Yeah. They're... they're no one listening to this is going to be offended because they're dead.
0: They're all dead. They're yeah. fine.
1: They're, they're all fine. dead.
0: They are totally fine. Um, um,
1: I, I just... It, I think the 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 real tough thing. I mean, the whole thing was really hard and depressing. But it was the thing of like, oh, am I not like a lady anymore? Am I not yeah. like now? I have now I have fake boobs. Does this make me less of a woman? Will other people think I'm not like feminine? That was a lot to grapple with.
0: Yeah, because
1: boobs, man. boobs is ladies.
0: Well, it's tied into that, and yeah. I think. And it's I didn't deal with uh, identity in the same. Way tied to sexuality, but I dealt with identity in terms of like, am I, am I a complete person? Am mm-hmm. I am I broken? Am I just like, am, is this the land of misfit toys? Is that where yeah. I belong now? And like very quickly realized like, oh, that's entirely I'm I'm creating that narrative. Nobody else is. No. Nobody else really cares about it. And and often it, earlier, especially when I first got single, people were like more kind of drawn to it. It's like oh, here's this like really interesting person as opposed to. This is like something fun and interesting. Yeah. As opposed to just like mm, I'm another fucking guy who <laughs> wants to push my boobs together and get a boner.
1: Yeah, you know. Yeah. Do you think it makes you. Do you think it made you. Hmm, I don't know the word to say, but like, do you think it made you like more of a person? <laughs> Not that's a terrible way, Bill. Yeah. Like you're like.
0: More evolved? I think it, it's, it's. Like you
1: can't. Like you're like, oh, well. Oh, you don't have the right car. You don't have the right this or whatever. That stuff doesn't matter.
0: No, 100%. I mean, yes. I mean, I think... It not was,
1: that you were like that before, but... No. Um, it's easy to, to focus on superficial things when yes. nothing's gone wrong in your life.
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well, which is... And it's not... I don't even think it's even, like, your fault. It's no. like until you experience some other harder stuff, it's hard to wrap your mind around it. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. It's like...
1: This guy knows.
0: Yeah, he gets it. Dunk, who... My, my pup, who had a butt operation yesterday and is on a bunch of painkillers now.
1: Does he sleep in your bed with you?
0: Yeah. He won't be now because of the cone, but he does. I mean, he... In your arms? No. He's, he's like... He's very independent. Mm. He does his own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I think it didn't... I think it did actually make me softer mm-hmm. and more... Um, I don't know kinder mm-hmm. I mean I think like all those things are in and out like sometimes I can still be a dick and I can still be like you know uh, callous but like I think by and large it's changed it's made it like okay everybody's got stuff and if they don't you will you'll have stuff
1: do you want to hear the worst Hollywood phrase Please? that I've ever heard about empathy Mm-hmm. you don't know what someone's act one and two is
0: oh boy <laughs>
1: when you're seeing them in act three, you don't know what they're wanting to do. It's, <laughs>
0: it's like the douchiest way to say like a very earnest, real I know. thing. It's just, I love it. I mean, you just, just, you're saying a very nice thing and you're making it sound terrible. You're making it terrible. You're making it garbage. Don't do that. Just say like, you never know what somebody's going through.
1: <laughs> that's a fun, no, that's not possible here. Just,
0: no. Um, so did you, to turn this back around, like, did you feel like, cause you were about 27 or so? Like, yeah. did you feel like it, Changed you, it evolved you, it made you into like. I mean, you're a, you're a very successful person now. You're a very hardworking person. Did it factor into that? Did it? How did it I change? I don't think you? my workout the changed. Leaves?
1: I did think it helped me to. Weirdly, I think it helped me to realize I wasn't happy in my marriage. Yeah. Yeah, because
0: it's, it puts a lot of uh, pressure on pressure. the other person, yeah. and
1: you have to see what the other person's made of, mm-hmm. and you have to say like, "Is this the person I want?" To, I think he was pretty nervous Because i he knows he's not like The most nurturing person And he was going to be tested in that thing That's also and, a
0: good thing to be aware about yourself mm-hmm. That's a hard thing to recognize But it's good to know it
1: He was really actually pretty good But but then afterwards I don't know Maybe it was that thing of like Oh I dodged a bullet Which wasn't even a bullet But I just like took care of this thing And I went through this really deep Hard thing mm-hmm. And I was like man do I like my life right now? I don't think I do. Right. I don't think I like my relationship. And then he got a job working on a show in New York, and then we lived apart. And then it, th- that really, I was like, we can't do this. Right. And he agreed, you know? And it did make me braver in that way. Mm-hmm. It did feel like I had less fucks to give.
0: Yeah, because you're like, I've been through the hard stuff.
1: Oh, it's divorce like was easy compared to that.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, I divorce was still very difficult for me. Um, mostly because I already been bonded over this thing, and yep. I think that's what made it difficult. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we're a fucking unit. We made it through a war. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just like it was a little bit like in all other facets of life. It was like, I guess it's just like it's gonna be okay. Yeah, I guess like the mission statement was, it's it's not gonna be okay, but it's gonna be okay. Yeah, like that's like the life in general. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be shitty sometimes, but it'll be fine.
1: Yeah, everything has a trajectory. Hopefully. Of up, mm-hmm. but there are dips and there's valleys and peaks in yeah. between that that um, that graph. That's a math way to say something terrible. Nice, actually yeah. nice.
0: Well, it's it's better. I still like it more than the first and second act.
1: You don't know what someone's first and second act no. has been.
0: You don't know what their midpoint is.
1: You don't you don't know what their aha moment has no. been.
0: You don't know what their page ten of realizing what the theme is.
1: Is that what's supposed to happen on page 10?
0: Well, some people say.
1: Do you... This is so off topic. Uh-huh. Do you like rules? Do you like structure rules? Like, this has to happen on this page, and this has to happen on this
0: page. Um, I. Oh, and
1: do you like it different before or after surgery? <laughs> do you have a or, different viewpoint? Um, like, do you have a different viewpoint about way, the way you write and stuff?
0: No, I'm not, not really. I think, like, all of those things, I paid attention to them a lot more when I was learning. Mm-hmm. And I... Which is to say... I'm still learning all the time. Every, everything you do, you learn something else. Yeah. Oftentimes it's like, Oh, I learned how to not do that. Cause that was bad. Right. Um, but I think I was more like nose in a book and trying to sponge, sponge up information. Cause I was like, I don't know how to fuck to do this. Right. And now I feel like it's a little bit more ingrained, but then sometimes I'm like, why isn't this working? And I need to like return to like, what are like the tenets of oh, like I see. solid structure? Yeah. I mean, it's like a little bit, the, um, I always get this wrong, but like uh, Bruce Lee was saying before he knew Kung Fu, whatever mm-hmm. whatever art, martial art he did uh, before he knew that a punch was just a punch. And as he was learning and mastering his art form, it was like so much more. It was like a universe and it like said so much and like learning about the body and the muscular Wow. And then after he'd mastered it uh, again, a punch was just a punch so wait
1: are you serious yeah so he basically was like i broke it down and then it became the thing that it was yeah and i feel like
0: that's i feel like it's a little bit like that with any sort of art like if you can break it down and then a lot it kind of becomes like a little ingrained and you stop to forget about it but then every so often you need to go back to like Mm -hmm. all right I need to get back to i've lost my way yeah which is like i think like happens a lot in life too
1: i got less jokey about certain things after i had surgery um, like and I just felt like I wasn't as flip with stuff
0: I think I was less sarcastic I think I'm still I think I was like When I was younger Before I had all this stuff happen I was like a real uh, I think there was I think I'd like to think I was always like a good And kind mm-hmm. person But I think like There was like a hard veneer Of sarcasm yeah. There was like a big uh, Exoskeleton of like
1: they like chip away
0: of, at Yeah of Classic being Hollywood writer I know But then I feel like, and that's still definitely omnipresent, but it's, it's, um, I I think the, the wellspring of emotion is much closer and much more accessible as opposed to like, you got to dig through all this stuff.
1: If anybody gets anything from this podcast, Mm -hmm. this episode, I hope it's that you have to get surgery to become a full person.
0: You are, you're only half a person. If you have all your parts, you're not complete.
1: You're not living. You don't understand other people. Yeah, man. Impossible to have empathy. Honestly,
0: you're kind of broken if you're totally full. If you're totally healthy, you suck.
1: And if your fans don't make a t-shirt out of that, yeah. they're not doing it right.
0: Yep. Hey, man. Well, I think my fans are, you know, they listen on the way to work. They're just kind of thinking I think about,
1: that's all podcasts.
0: Well, yes, that's true. <laughs> but I mean, like, there's not like, there's not diehards. There's not a lot of like terrible heads.
1: <laughs> Ter- well, that's just the name There's going right to be one and they're going to make that t-shirt.
0: I look forward to it. You're
1: going to work out with gym, and someone's going to be like...
0: Hey, all right, hey, man.
1: Steve, I never knew what you looked like. Love it. This is you.
0: Um, do you, do you have any, uh, we've talked about many things, mm-hmm. mostly about shitty Hollywood stuff, uh, but do you have any advice for like somebody who is at a relatively young age, like going through something that is unexpectedly difficult, also like dealing with mortality at a young age and just like going through like a fucking rough stretch physically and emotionally? It's a big question. Okay,
1: well, I would say this. Everyone just prepare. You're going to have to go through something like that. If it's not with you or someone you're close with, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you could have a friend die when you're 25. Mm -hmm. You could have, like, something will happen, so just know
0: it's coming. Life comes for everybody.
1: And I don't know. Like, if you're young and you're going through some kind of tragedy, it will... And I feel like this at any age, everything is temporary. Yeah. Everything. And you just have to remember that. Yeah. And I wish I had done it... I almost... Do you know the story about the woman, the brain, the neuroscientist who had an aneurysm?
0: The, uh, she was like a Harvard professor? Yeah. Yeah. And I she do. was
1: like from trying to remember it as she was... She, 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 was that writing, talk. she was
0: writing a book and so. Yes. Yeah, I have, a, I have a sad anecdote to that after you finish oh. the story.
1: Well, the basically it's the fact... Well, when you hear her talk about what was happening during the aneurysm, which she remembered she was so present cause she was trying to like deal with what was happening. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I couldn't do that. I was just so fixated on like, why did I do this? This is awful. Like, why can't I be like this? Why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? Instead of just like actually cause I'll never go through that particular thing again. And I wish I had more information. And Even just when I talk to people who are getting surgery done, there's stuff I don't remember because I just yeah. was like so busy being negative about it and being like, this is going to be my life from now on. This sucks.
0: Well, also, like, you're also... Not just that you're going dealing...
1: to enjoy it, but, like... No,
0: but you're also just dealing with things. It's, I don't know, like, certain, like, when when a, a, somebody darts in front of your car and somebody cuts you off, like, you're just reacting. It's, like, a lot of instinct. It's not like you're, like, able to break it down and yeah. and, and uh, rationalize everything. It's just, like, I'm just dealing with things as they come at me. I try to do the best I can. And sometimes that's, like, being negative.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I think... It's just a fascinating thing to go through, like, mm-hmm. even just waking up from surgery or whatever. I know it's all painful and terrible and all this stuff, but it's also, like, God, what a fucking crazy thing that you can, like, be asleep, have your fucking body ripped apart. Yeah. Then you wake up, and you're, like, and you, all you remember is going to sleep, and now you're a totally different person. Totally
0: different. You're a It's lot kind of, of crazy. crazy. It's, it's bizarre. It's... I remember... I mean, just even thinking about, like, uh, uh, that I had a bunch of anesthesia administered and then woke up like four hours later and some in that four hours like everything was open mm-hmm. like just a big fucking eight long inch slit was in my stomach and they took all a bunch of stuff out and it was just on a table it's crazy to think about
1: and you weren't even awake for it
0: nope. I'm just hanging out with tubes in my body like unconscious sleeping
1: it's the weirdest experience it's just a it's like it's surreal and dreamy and mm-hmm. weird and like the pain, like I couldn't, I know I was in pain. I don't have any sense memory. I don't like. I don't feel the trauma of that. Yeah. That that all goes away. All the pain and stuff. Like, how yeah. do you think women keep having babies? because yeah, they, they for- forget. You forget.
0: About it. Yeah, I. You know, That's I. That's what
1: the human body does.
0: I don't have like a, a sense memory trauma in that regard, but like. There was things um like when i just smell like certain hospital smells it's just like, I'll, like oh yeah f- my eyes will start to well because mm-hmm. it'll just like take me back into a time where, like oh that was hard. real hard and i went and saw the circle this past weekend uh-huh uh and there is a moment where uh bill paxton's character uh which is i guess it was the last movie that's kind of a bummer anyways his character oh my god
1: I totally forgot he died exactly
0: Um, but his character has MS and there was a moment where at a party where like he has to go inside because he had an accident and it was just like
1: too, it, like, was too familiar.
0: It, yeah, I mean, just, like, I... And it was, like, right after that, that I was like, all right, well, this scene's over. Now it's a, it seems like a, a, a down point in the movie. I'm going to go pee. And as I was walking to the bathroom, just, like, burst into tears. Oh, my God, it was God. just this, I like, even... flattened time and just, like, this reminder of, like... in this movie that, like, didn't enjoy that much, but, like, there's merits. It doesn't matter. But just that <laughs> one moment was just, like, oh, fuck, that hit a chord, and I am just, like, you know, in the hallway of uh, the grove fucking crying of which I've done countless times that's but the best just, place yeah
1: this is a hard left but I never ever ever forgot that you told Annie once that the farmer's market in the Grove is the best t- place to do a first date yeah and I thought that was the craziest notion in all of the world mm-hmm. and then two years ago I just fell in love with the whole I love it there. Yeah. And I don't know what happened.
0: It's weird. It's I-
1: also worse now than when you first said that to Ann. Oh, yeah,
0: because it's so much more crowded and it's so terrible. much weird and so much bougier. But and- if
1: you go on a Wednesday at like 2 p.m., mm-hmm. it is so magical. It feels like you're in a different country. No yeah. one speaks English. It's yes. German, French, you know, people from Spain. You're like, yeah. I don't know where yeah. I am.
0: It's, it's a bizarre, crazy. And I don't know if I, I mean, look, it's interesting even though in all those years I didn't have a ton of first dates there because most of my first dates were like, let's meet at a bar where we can have booze yep. and then if it's not going well I can leave early yep. but like people that I like genuinely want to spend time with I will go over there it's great you walk around There's like a, it's like a, like mystery science theater life like well this is crazy over here and that's weird I look love at this it. fucking couple They are. how did they find each other but they seem to be in love
1: I just thought you loved Nordstrom or something no now like, I get it
0: just walking around it's like a weird fucking it's a weird social experiment and, you and know then what? you get some great tacos it
1: is a great place to cry because yeah. no one bothers you.
0: Nobody knows anything. They
1: don't care. But you like, see a person crying, and they're like, "Business as usual. It's a right. grove."
0: Yeah. Well, this is a weird place to be, so that makes sense. <laughs> um, I think that's all solid advice. Just you to, can
1: survive anything.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I think I remember. Except for the plague. The plague, you're not going to get around. Um, but I and remember And bombing by North
1: Korea. But anything else, you can survive. And you know,
0: some of us will probably get around that. Yeah. Some of us. And the cockroaches.
1: The middle of America. Yes. The the West Coast is fucked.
0: Yeah, we're, no, we're done. We're done, though. But they'll probably overshoot it. Who knows? Anyways, uh, but I remember just being in that moment in all of those, the confluence of surgical stuff, we're being reminded of, like, the opposite ends of the spectrum, but, like, being, it was proven, like, how fucking fragile and vulnerable we are, Mm -hmm. but also the inverse of, like, how fucking resilient and strong we are. Like, cause I could, Yeah. I used to weigh like 90 pounds and was like real close to like not being around and now like it's, everything's totally fine. Everything's like just healthy, bouncing back. Healthy and, like, as fuck. Yeah.
1: That, I thought I was, I worked out pretty heavily before mm-hmm. my surgery cause I like working out.
0: Mm-hmm. No big deal.
1: No big deal. I like working out. And I remember crying to my doctor cause he was telling me about, you know, we have to take the your pectoral muscles off the mm-hmm. off the bone, and we have to remove oh, all this stuff and stuff. Ugh. And I was like, I was like, will I ever be able to do a push up again? Mm-hmm. And he was like, I have a I have a client who does like push one handed push ups, or a client
0: yeah patient. patient.
1: Um, and I the clients and doctors. When I got to when I got to a point where I could exercise again, and I did a push up, I was just like, oh okay, I can do this. And by the way, I'm stronger now than before when yeah. when I had my surgery done. And I might, I've had trauma in my chest.
0: Yeah. That's fucking right. And I
1: can bench press 85 pounds. Fuck yeah, man. So whatever. I know that sounds like not a lot, but it's a lot.
0: Man, you're doing it. Doing it. Um, I think it's cool. We bounce back.
1: You bounce back. Yeah, man. Everything sucks. And then you bounce back.
0: There it that is. That goes on a t-shirt. That's it. Uh, thank you so much, man.
1: Thanks for, I really bu- thanks for coming to my podcast.
0: It's my pleasure. Thank you, Duncan, for, uh, being there in your cone. Good stuff, bud. Jing- uh, here's
1: jingles.
0: Yeah, thanks, Aaron. I appreciate it.
1: This was great. I, you like I see evidence
0: of you and him. I mean, come on, isn't she great? Aaron Gibson, everybody. Round of applause, huh? Uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to Aaron as much as I did. Uh, she's a delight, and uh, I, I suggest you get in business with Aaron Gibson any way you can, namely by watching Game of Thrones, by watching Throwing Shade, uh, by listening to her podcast, which is, you know, much more popular and, and more uh, polished and funny and insightful than this. But she's great. Uh, you can check out uh, throwingshade.com. You can also check her out on Twitter. It's at GibblerTron, that's at G-I-B-B-L-E-R-T-R-O-N So get hip to Aaron Gibson, you know what I'm saying? Um, I think that's about it, guys, other than to say thank you for listening always very much uh I, I i missed you guys um we've got some cool stuff coming up next week is our 50th episode so buckle the fuck up we're gonna maybe do some special stuff for that uh we also have a fun uh repeat guest ooh exciting stuff right um that's it guys i i i missed you i love you uh thank you to hayden fongheiser for doing everything behind the scenes thank you to julia Plot and kingdom flying club for art and music and thanks to you guys i hope you really have a great week okay bye